0: Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Start the decade out right full of God's Word. And this is such a special time of year. I love it because it's not, every, it's not so often that you get the opportunity to really feel like you can have a fresh start you know, and there's something though about January, something about like closing out one season and closing out a decade, beginning a brand new decade that just feels like you get to write a new chapter for your life. Wouldn't you agree? So I love this time of year. I love it because so many people are open to God's word and they're open to changing their life and changing their habits and open to what God would want to do, what God would want to say. So I love this time of year and Whether that's what brought you to church today, maybe you're wanting to make some changes, maybe you're just wanting to get back in church, maybe you're wanting to realign some priorities, whatever it is that brought you here today, I'm so glad that you're here. And even if that's not the reason, I believe that what we're going to look at today really has the opportunity to change your year for the better, has the opportunity to set you up for success. And what I'm going to do in this series, Force of Habit, is share with you some very personal, candid things that God has used in my life to help me, which, by the way, if this is your first time here, that's part of what I do every week, is I share with you the truth of God's Word, and I try and share with you my life. And on that note, there's a couple things I want to share with you that have been very foundational and transformative for me. And the first one is is every year at the beginning of the year, maybe at the end of the previous year, I seek God for a word, and I wanna encourage you to get a word for your year. Now, when I say get a word, I don't mean like just pick one out at random. I mean, really, it's an opportunity for you to hear God and ask God, what do you wanna do in my life this year? What are the things that you wanna bring about? What are the things that you wanna shape in my life this year? And uh, I always try and tie it into scripture. I asked Marissa what her word this year was. She told me, spend. I said, do you have a verse for that? She's like, yes, above and beyond all you can ask, think, or imagine. So pray for me. Um, My word last year was presence. And it's just cool when you have a word and you're reading scripture. Sometimes God will highlight stuff in your heart or you'll have these moments or encounters with God. It's just really powerful. So uh, get a word. The other thing is I've been doing this for a number of years now, which is to set aside the first part of my year to seek God through prayer and fasting. Now, if you don't know what fasting is, if you just Google 21 days of prayer and fasting, you'll get way more resources than you ever thought were possible on fasting. But fasting simply is disengaging from the world. So, lots of times people do it with food, but it could be entertainment, it could be social media, it could be music, it could be Netflix, you know, whatever that is. Uh, but to disengage from the world, so you can engage with God through prayer, you disconnect from the world, connect with God through prayer. And the reason we do that is because at our church, we believe in honoring God with our first and our best. That's not just with our finances, but we give God the first and best part of the year. We're not just going to give him leftovers. We're going to seek God in the beginning of our year and dedicate our year to him. So I'm going to do that. We do that as a church. I want to invite you to join that with us. And if you're new to prayer, don't know how to pray We're releasing something really cool. It's the first time we've done this. It's called Teach Us to Pray. Because I think there's a lot of us that want to know how to pray. We have a heart to pray or pray more effectively, but we don't know how. And over the next 21 days, I'll be releasing a guided prayer. So I'll read some scripture, share a little bit about it, and teach you how to pray through the scripture. And if you want to follow along, you can do that on social media, Instagram, Facebook, we'll be releasing those. Or if you're going to be fasting social media, you can sign up uh, through email, and we'll send it to your inbox, and that's going to be uh, V-E-L slash 21 days, and uh, you can get that in your inbox, but I'll share a little bit more about that. The other thing I've done that's been really helpful, though, is to start one new habit, and I've been doing this for probably the last three years, every year, rather than just try and make some new goals or make some resolutions, I try and build a habit into my life, and some of the habits I've done, I started journaling every day, started making some confessions every day, I've done some stuff with uh, the way I eat and all of those kind of things, some new habits. I want to encourage you to do some new habits, and that's why we're looking at this series, Force of Habit, because every year I try and lead you through things God has used to help me. And not only do I believe that these things are God-honoring, but they can really make our lives different. That's what's powerful about them. So why do habits matter? Because it's the things that you do consistently that's going to determine who you become eventually. This isn't even my main point, but it's worth saying again, so you can write it down. It's the things that you do consistently that will determine who you become eventually. Craig Rochelle, he's the pastor of Life Church, one of the largest churches in America. He, Uh, influenced my life a lot, and one of the things he says is that it's the small things that no one sees that produce the results that everybody wants. That's what habits are. They're small things, often invisible, but it's small things that no one sees that produce the results that everybody wants, and habits might seem like a small thing, but these small things lead to big things over time. That's why during this series, I want to help you Cultivate a habit of prayer. Now, why would having a habit of prayer be important? Well, first of all, if you're a Christian, our heart should be to please God, to glorify God. And when I think of people who please God, there's nobody more successful in pleasing God than Jesus. But let's say you're not a Christian. Let's say you just want to be uh, successful in what you want to do in life. Well, I also think of Jesus because nobody had higher stakes, had a greater mission had more to accomplish than Jesus. He had a limited amount of time to do it, three years, great stakes, but in the middle of that, you would often see him break away to pray, break away to connect with his Father. So if we're gonna be who God's called us to be, if we're gonna accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we're gonna be people who please God, then we should be people of prayer. We should be people who have a habit of prayer. Here's what I found that's really cool is that when you take the force of habit and you take the power of prayer, it becomes a powerful force to do and to be what and who God has called you to be. So with that in mind, uh, I want to get into our message. You know, the truth is this, this time of year really brings out two people. You know that, right? Like there's some people that are really amped up about the start of the new year, fresh start. New year, new me, make some goals. Can I just see who you guys are, those of you who are like that? Okay, there's some of you who are like that. Then there's others of us, right? Well, First of all, I'm, I'm one of the, you know, let's make some goals. I, like, I like the idea of we can get better, we can improve. I think a little bit of hope is better than no hope. It's just me. But then there's others of you, you're like, uh, okay, new year, new you? Yeah, whatever. New year, same you. Like, you are not a different person just because the clock struck midnight on December 31st. You've got the same habits, the same dysfunction, the same bills, the same broken relationships. Don't come at me with that new year. Like, you are the same you. And if you feel that way, like, I get that. I understand. Because truth is, you probably, you've been around. Like, you've been around the block a little bit. Like, you know what's up. You know that. So people come in, they make all these claims, they got all this energy, and then the next year, they are the same person. I understand that. But could it be that maybe the reason you're not buying into the emotion of the season is because you've been that person. You've been that person that's wanted to make some changes. You've made some resolutions. you wanted to be different, but like 92% of the rest of the population, and that is not a made-up statistic, that come February 14th, Valentine's Day, those resolutions are out the window. Could it be that you're not annoyed by other people, you're just jaded by your own experience? Well, if that's the case, I want to encourage you with some scripture. Maybe you felt this way. Paul says in Romans chapter 7, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Sound like I'm talking to anybody today? He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I wanna use this scripture, I wanna stop right there in verse 24, and I wanna use this scripture to give you the title of my sermon today. Paul says, who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? I'm calling this message today, the power of who? The power of who? Hey, just to help us get the new year started right, I need you to find three people, give them a fist bump because germs, and (laughs) tell them, The power of who? The power of who? Will you do that? Will you fist bump three people for me? Come on, be friendly. Make sure you fist bump somebody. Hey, it's always my custom to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word. So would you bow your head and pray with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that every time we open up your word, it has the power to change us. And God, I'm asking that you would do that today. Uh, We've come in, and we need your help. We don't need my ideas or opinions, God. We need to hear from you. So, Lord, use me today. Speak through me. I thank you that you will. And everybody who agrees with that can say, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I am curious, though. uh, I just always like to know who I'm talking to. How many of you... Are the people who made New Year's resolutions? Can I just see people who have made resolutions? It's good. Like eight of us. That's great. It's gonna be gonna be an awesome series. I can tell already. Um, obviously, I told you I'm I'm the kind of people I like to to make goals. Now I've switched. I I really do habits now. But uh, I did make some goals this year. R- really, um, one goal. I'm kind of hesitant to share with you because I know after I share it with you, you're gonna try and keep me accountable to it but um but I'll just in the sake of transparency I'll share it with you I, I really have a goal um I, I want to learn to speak Spanish and learn to speak Spanish you know we have a care point in the Dominican Republic I want to make some of you really excited hola um that that means that means yeah thank you I've been practicing uh, that that means hello if you don't know um See, so, yeah, we have a care point in the Dominican Republic, and uh, my wife and I, we want to go over there this year and, and see the kids and be able to communicate with them. So, um, so yeah, I want to speak Spanish, and that, that's my goal. I was trying to get my family involved, my kids involved. I was talking to them. I said, hey, so what are your goals this year? And they responded pretty much like you guys did, um, didn't have any. And uh, so I, I decided to give them some because, like, in my house, there's only the illusion of freedom. Like, you can think you have freedom of choice, but if I don't like your choice, I'm going to choose for you. So I was helping them pick out some goals, and I gave them a few different things, you know, like um, like obedience. That would be a goal. Um, honesty. That was the one I settled on. Let's 2020 be a year of honesty for you. Now, I don't want you to think that uh, I live in a house full of liars. That's really not the case. It's just you got to understand, my kids, like, like, they're young. They haven't really developed a sense of humor yet. So uh, they think that not telling the truth is funny. Like, they're trying to make a joke, and they don't, tell the, they don't understand, like, no, that's, that's lying. That's not humor. It's not the same thing. Um, I'll, I'll give an example. So if you don't know my kids, I have four, but I have, I have two children, Oliver and Grant. Oliver, he's eight, turning nine, actually turning Nine on the ninth this week, golden birthday. Not golden child, but golden <laughs> birthday for him. Uh, Grant is seven, turning eight. And so, if you don't know my kids, maybe you've seen them around, uh, they, they're about the same size and they have similar features. They, they look very similar. In fact, growing up uh, as they were younger, a lot of people thought they were twins. People come up all the time oh, they're, they're so cute. Are they twins? And all that. So, so they look alike and people get them confused. And to that point, um, my kids, when they come to church and they get checked into Velocity Kids, they get these little name tags and they think it's funny to switch name tags. They think it's funny so that Oliver will will wear Grant's name tag and Grant will wear Oliver's name tag. It's not funny. It's very frustrating. Mucho, mucho frustrating. Um, Josh, that means a lot. So um, just trying to develop this new habit. And uh, see, yes, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very frustrating. And the problem isn't that they have bad behavior. Okay, that, that, that's not the issue. The problem is that I, th- I think they don't have bad behavior. I guess I haven't heard, but it's not that they have bad behavior. The problem is that they're associating with the wrong identity. That's what I see happening here in uh, Romans chapter 7 where Paul's writing because he does what so many of us do and he connects his problem with his identity. Let me show you what I mean. He says, I don't really understand myself. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable... Person I am. What a failure I am. What a loser I am. I am such a mess. I'm such an idiot. Such a disappointment. I'm such a disaster. Such a fake. Ha- have you ever felt this way before? Am I talking to anybody? Where where you do you, you associate everything you do? Associate your failures, everything you've done, with your identity. It's a danger for all of us, but I like what Paul does here because he doesn't just stay there. If you keep reading, he he makes a shift, and he asks this question. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who can change us? Who can deliver us? Who who can set us free? Christ is the source. He's our hope. He's our healer. He's our strength. He's the answer, right? Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter who you were. In Christ, all things are made new. That's the good news of the gospel message. And as we get into this series, what I'm hoping you understand, I'm hoping that you become everything God has called you to be, You understand who God has made you, that you live that out. And I want to invite you into the disciplines that lead to a God-honoring and God-pleasing life. Now, in our main verse for this sermon, Paul lays out the human condition. It's one that we can all associate with. We, we all know it. We want to change, but we don't. We know what we want to do, but we can't seem to do it. We want to do what's right, but we inevitably seem to do what's wrong. We make goals, but we fall short. Make resolutions, but we don't change. We want to be different, but we stay the same. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it's this truth. You don't rise up To your resolutions because you're held down by your habits. You don't rise up to your resolutions because you're held down by your habits. See, lots of times we focus on what we need to do, what we wanna do, but we don't understand how we get there. For example, most of us, you ever realize most of us have the same goals? Like, I get, maybe you don't call them goals. Maybe you don't make resolutions. Maybe you don't verbalize them. Maybe you don't write them down. But most of us, as far as categorizing the things we want in life, most of us want the same things in life, right? Take our health. Nobody says, I want to be overweight. Nobody says, I want to have high cholesterol. I want to develop heart disease. I want to lack energy and not have mobility. Like, nobody is after that thing. Our finances, Nobody's like, man, I want to live paycheck to paycheck. I want to be under the stress and weight and pressure of debt. Nobody's after it. We want to be generous people. We want to be financially free. That's stuff that we all want. In our relationships, nobody's like, man, I want to be lonely. I don't want to be loved by anybody. I want to have dysfunction and unfulfilling relationships. Nobody says that. We want to be known. We want to be in relationship. want to have friendship. I mean, spiritually. If you're a Christian, you want to draw closer to God. But if you're not a Christian, you you want to fulfill your potential. You want your life to be significant. We all have the same overarching goals. But have you noticed, I mean, we could take a poll. We'll have varying results, widely different results. I mean, Nate, our next-gen director, he's been trying to look like me in the gym for a long time. He's been getting after it but we just have different results. <laughs> same goal, different results. Take it outside of our life for a little bit. I mean just think about sports teams. Each team enters the court, enters the field with the same goal. Nobody goes in says I want to be second place. Nobody goes in I want to be the loser. In marriage, nobody's like, yeah, you know what? I think like 3 years I'd be good with that. Maybe 8. Eight, we'll just, you know, maybe a little bit above average. No, we go into marriage because we want it to last. we've, We've got the same goals, but we've got vastly different results. Why? Because your goals don't determine your success. Your systems determine your success. Like I said, you don't rise up to the level of your resolutions, You're held down by your habits. It's your system. If you think about this in scripture, you see it true in people's lives. We talked about Jesus, but let's look in the Old Testament for a minute. Uh, Daniel. Daniel was a boy, as a boy, he was taken captive by the Babylonians. In Babylon, he was in a culture that was very antagonistic, hostile towards the things that he valued, towards the things of God lots of temptation. In fact, the things that he valued were illegal. There was this one part in Daniel chapter six where they made this law that you couldn't worship God. You had to worship the king. It says in Daniel chapter six, verse 10, that he went up to his room, opened the window, and as was his custom, knelt down and prayed three times a day. Another translation says, as was his habit. Daniel was a person of prayer. Daniel had a habit of prayer. And because of this, he was actually next to the king, the most influential person in the entire kingdom. Think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah's another guy in the Old Testament. Nehemiah, he's got a book named after him. You can read his great leadership book. Nehemiah was a servant but had a passion to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he hears about the plight of Jerusalem. He's serving the king at the time. First thing he does, he prays. Kneels down and prays. Goes to the king. God moves his path. He sends him with resources to go rebuild the walls. He gets there. Instead of going immediately into action, he prays. He starts rebuilding the walls, faces opposition, faces hostility. How does he respond? He prays. Like almost every chapter in the book, you see Nehemiah get down and pray. And God used him in a mighty way. What I'm trying to say is if we want to be who God's called us to be, or we want to do what God has called us to do, we need to develop a habit of prayer. We want to be people of prayer. That's why I want to talk to you about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope that you will do this with me, and I hope that you'll take part in these guided prayers. If you're new to prayer, it's going to help you. If you've been praying for a long time, it's going to keep it fresh for you. But I want us to develop a habit of prayer because If you want to grow in your faith, it's not going to happen just because you have a goal. You won't do it just because you have a goal. You're going to do it because you have a system. You have a habit. Now, if you're like me, this is where I often make the mistake. Because one thing you should know about me, like, I'm very goal-oriented. I care about the results. I care about the outcome. I want to know how are we going to achieve it, what are we trying to accomplish, how's it going to get done, let's make it happen. I care about the goal. The problem is, I set the goal, I go after the result, and the results don't come as fast as I want them to. I'll give you an example. It's a true story. With our staff, uh, we did... Something we do health challenges throughout the year. Um, This past one, we did something called Health for the Holidays. So we had this health challenge for our staff, and uh, the way it's set up, you had three input goals and one output goal. So, three input, that's what you're gonna do, right? So, uh, for me, you could set them. So, for me, I was gonna go to the gym so many times a week, I was gonna drink a lot of water, and I was gonna do something around uh, the food I ate. So, I had these three input goals. Output goal, it's like a four-week challenge, four-week contest, output goal. I was like, man, what can I get done in four weeks? I'm not really sure. So I said, well, I want to I lose five pounds. Now, I don't know what I weigh because uh, I don't weigh myself. It's not part of my routine. But uh, for this, I, I, I weighed myself, I got, got my weight because I need to get the baseline, need to get the benchmark. Okay, got the baseline, dropped five pounds because my thought is lose five pounds before Thanksgiving all through the holidays, eat what I want, I'm back at equilibrium. Okay? It's a good, it's a good process, good plan. And I felt like five pounds is pretty easy and I like to win. So that's the goal I set. So got on scale, got the baseline, started out the week, going to the gym, doing my thing, drinking lots of water, doing my thing, doing the diet, doing all that stuff. Week two, get on the scale, I gained eight pounds. Eight pounds in a week while I'm working out. I don't think this is normal. I think this is some kind of disease. It's discouraging. It is muy discouraging. That's very, very, first, does this happen to anybody else? It's like you set the goal and the results don't come. Now I don't have five pounds. Now i got 13 pounds to lose. And three weeks to do it is really hard. And that's the way goals are in our life. We set a goal to save money. We save $25 at the end of the month. Big freaking deal, $25. And it's going to do something. That, that's, I can almost go out to eat for that. We, we set a goal to pay off debt. And we pay off an extra $100 on our credit card. yes. Now, I've only got $9,900 to go. You set a goal and the results don't come as fast as you want them to. And then you come to the conclusion that all these small, right decisions that you're making don't matter. And so that's exactly what I felt. I Man, I went to the gym, I was drinking water, I was doing this whole thing. It's like, for what? Does it even matter? And that's how we think about these habits. Our right decisions, our small right decisions don't matter. Now, I'm going to talk more about small decisions next week, the power of small decisions. But can I tell you, your small decisions matter. You think, choose a word? What's the big deal about choosing a word? Well, it's a small decision. But what you're doing is you're trusting God in a small way, which will lead you to trusting God in bigger ways. This is what I'm trying to help you understand, is that your life right now today is the sum total of all of your small decisions. All of them. That, that's the power of small decisions on the good side. What about on the bad side? You know, one of the things I get to do as a pastor, I get to meet with lots of couples, and sometimes it's premarital counseling and things like that, but... Sometimes it's when they have a crisis in their life. Just yesterday, not anybody in this church, but just yesterday I was talking to a couple, and wife discovered her husband had an affair over the holidays. Know this couple. How does that happen? They've got a 15-year-old daughter. She just woke up one day, It's like, man, I wanna throw it all away. I wanna sin against my wife, sin against God. I wanna break my 15-year-old daughter's heart. It doesn't happen. It's not a big decision. It's a series of small decisions. That's the power of a small decision. So if we understand that small decisions are powerful, why is it so hard to form good habits? Because we don't understand the power of who. This is what Paul is saying. I don't understand the power of who. See, our, our enemy always tries to connect our failures to our identity. You fail, you're a failure. Do something bad, you're a bad person. Maybe this is how it plays out in your life. It's just the way I am. I've always been this way. I'm not good with money, never been good with money. I'm not disciplined, I just I just can't get it done. This is why so dangerous. Here's what you need to know: is that the identity you presume shapes the habits you perform. The identity that you presume shapes the habits that you perform. If your identity is healthy, your habits are going to be healthy. Your identity is positive, your habits are going to be positive. But if your identity is negative, your habits are going to be negative. So this is why we have to understand who we are in Christ because if we don't see ourselves as godly, then we'll have habits that are ungodly that will reinforce our identity. So here's what I want to ask you Before you start with do goals, what you want to accomplish, what you want to do, what you want to see happen, the results you want to achieve, before you start with do goals, I want to challenge you, ask you, and encourage you, start with who goals. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? When people describe you, how do you want them to describe you? Who who do you want them to describe you as? Maybe Maybe the person you want to be known as, maybe you want to be known as an invested parent. Maybe you want to be seen as a loving spouse. Maybe you want to be known as a godly friend. Maybe you want to be a generous person. Maybe you want to be a leader. You want to be dependable. You want to be consistent. Who is it? That you want to be. As we're going through this series this month in January, I would pray that all of us would want to be people of prayer. That we would want to develop a habit of prayer. So as we go into 2020, 2020, it's got to be a year of focus, right? Here's what I want to challenge you with: is don't focus on the results you want to see. Focus on the who you want to be. Yeah. Don't focus on the results you want to see. Focus on the who you want to be. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? Because when you know who you are, you know what to do. I'll give you an example of this. Probably the number one resolution people make. They make a resolution to give up smoking. For smokers, common, give up smoking. So let's say they make a resolution, give up smoking, for January 1. January 2, they're at work. One of their friends is like, hey, let's take a smoke break. Do you want a cigarette? They have a choice how they're going to respond. Do they say, no, I'm trying to quit? Or do they say, no, I don't smoke? No, I'm trying to quit, I'm a smoker. I don't smoke, I'm not a smoker. Put it a different way, healthy habits, right? So I have a goal to lose 20 pounds. That's, that's a, a goal, a do goal. Well, if you set a do goal, okay, man, I gotta go to the gym, gotta work out, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. What happens if you say, man, I wanna be a healthy person? I want to be a physically fit person. It changes the way you think. Then you're thinking, man, would a healthy person do this? Would a healthy person eat that? Would a disciplined person do this? I want to be a disciplined person. I want to be a healthy person. It changes your habits. When you know who you are, it changes what you do. You might say, yeah, but this is just who I am. I can't change. I've always been this way. I want you to hear the words of Scripture. I want you to let these words sit on your heart. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what Paul was talking about. You see, when you are in Christ, it really is new year, new you. That's the old you. That's the old way you used to live. When you're in Christ, you are a new creation. You have a new way of living. The past is gone. You are made new. Paul Paul put it this way in Romans. He says, we know that our old selves were crucified with Christ so that Sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, not slaves to that old way of living, slaves to those old habits. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. That's the power of who? Who you are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? In Christ, you're redeemed. In Christ, you're set free. In Christ, you're made strong. In Christ, you're valuable. In Christ, you're forgiven. In Christ, you're capable. In Christ, you can. In Christ, you're a leader. In Christ, you can do it in Christ. That's the power of food. And here's, here's what Paul knew. Paul knew, okay, on my own, this is who I am. Who will save me? It's because who Jesus is changes who I am. It's the power of who. Who Jesus is changes who I am. I thought about sharing with you the person I want to be. Who I want to be. I want to be wise. I want to be a godly leader. I want people to know I'm obsessed with my wife. All of those things. But really, who I want to be I want to be more like Christ. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be full of grace. I want to be full of truth. I want to be more like Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do that by going to findvelocity.org slash give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.